What's up, everybody? We're back, Oasis Podcast, and it's me, Brennan, and I got Ben to my left. Yes. Jane to my farther left. Hello. <laughs> also to your... Also to my right. <laughs> it's a circle, people. Classic joke. There you go. There is talk that one day we may film this guy. You guys Oof. heard this talk? I we talked heard. about it a year and a half ago. No, no, no. We, there's, <laughs> there's recent new talk. talk. New talk. New talks? Yeah. yeah. People got ideas. They got desires. So in the future, we'll keep you updated if we decide to make that decision. Perfect. You, you can watch us talk in the <laughs> microphone. I better put clothes on then, huh? I, I never really get it, though. Like, people like just watching oh, yeah. podcasts. Yeah. And I, to me, it's like I'm just mm-hmm. talking into the microphone. Yeah. But it's like facial it's, expressions and I hand gestures. They want to see if it. Ben's actually wearing clothes. 100%. Yeah. There, so it, it creates a more of a connection, but also mm. I think it's a, a part of the consumeristic. It's like mm. uh, oh. intaking, I just almost said orally. Uh, what's ear? In your ear. Aural. Yeah, right? it's something. like A-U-R? Audibly. audibly sure, that, yeah, intaking audibly isn't enough. So it's like I need mm. to see it. I need to. Yeah. Huh. Well, I struggle with podcasts TV. when I don't know what the people look like. So uh, if they do video, usually I'll watch that a little bit so I know what their faces look like and yeah, get used based to Based off their race, but... you determine, like, okay, can I really trust you? <laughs> no. We're going to cut, cut that out. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just have this weird thing about hearing people's voice when I, I don't know what they fair. look like. It weirds me out. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. So I get it. We're in it now. <laughs> Keep your eyes open if we end up doing that, yeah. if you want to check it out. Uh, but we are having a conversation today on increasing mental health issues. And so we were joking that... By the end of this, if you don't have mental health issues, you will. <laughs> Jeez, it's so Just because of the way that phrasing is. Yeah, <laughs> here, let me clarify. What we actually mean is that there is an uprising, there is a contis- consistent increase in what we feel like is people struggling with mental health, our culture mm-hmm. that's talking about mental health. It's just, it's all around all the time, and it's, it's a huge deal right now. And so when we look back across even just some of our short lives, some of our a little longer lives. How dare uh, you? Classic <laughs> joke number two. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're hitting all of them today. There you go. <laughs> when you look across, like, I feel like right now is the peak. Like, we've never had mental health mm-hmm. issues like we have right now. And so, and actually, this conversation started in the living room of my house on the couch with my wife. She said, what, what do you think's happening? Like, why do you think this is happening right now in our time? And so, we started to have a conversation about it. And I was like, you know what? I think this would be good to do on the podcast. And so, she's here with us today. So, everybody go ahead and give Allie a welcome. <laughs> no, she's not. That would be awesome, though. Maybe She'd one. be like seven shades of red. Yeah, seriously. No video and she'd still be freaking out. <laughs> Sorry, Al. But she maybe will join us one day. But we were talking about it, and like I just really thought it would be an insightful conversation for the three of us to have. Yeah. It's like, what's happening? Why right now in 2021 slash almost 2022 are we struggling so bad as a people? Yeah, there's a ton of reasons, and we're only going to hit a few today because we don't have the time to hit every single reason and unpack it. Um But there are quite a few issues. One of the probably the biggest ones that I think that the reason this is coming to a head right now at this time is that we've just walked through and are still walking through a worldwide pandemic. What? And the significance of what that means of millions of people dying, the health concerns, um, just the fear of catching COVID, having no way of really knowing how it's going to affect you, uh, what health concerns are going to continue after you have it, um, and then just how that has produced this like rate of change has just been astronomical. And so I don't know the exact number of like how much change people can experience at a Mm -hmm. time and comfortably uh, like adjust to, but 
what we've experienced in the last two years has been far exceeding that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so these two things, I think, um, have really just escalated this um, that maybe brought it more to the forefront for some people, maybe kind of kicked it off for some people. Um, But either way, it's really, really impacting where we're at now. Um, And then on top of all the other reasons that we're going to get into is just – there's a lot well, <laughs> happening. Even what's crazy, Brandon, as you were saying, you couldn't even find stats. I mean, obviously, because yeah, it's so yeah. so close. So, I think you hit it. It's mm-hmm. so close to it. Mm-hmm. It's in, but you you know it. You yeah. feel it. You mm-hmm. hear it. We've experienced it. Yeah. Just because of COVID, it's been insane. Yeah. The science and statistics mm-hmm. are still lagging behind what we're experiencing right yeah. now. Like when yeah. you're looking for like increasing mental health data as of right now, there's some stuff. There's a couple different like scholarly articles or things being published, but really it's it's not quite caught up yet. So we don't even have like our finger quite on the pulse. We just mm-hmm. feel the idea. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about like? And let's just throw this out there. What do you think, like, maybe masks or isolation or, like, the vaccine conversation? Yeah. What do you think that all does in the midst of mental health and all of that? Yeah. Well, I, isolation has kept us separated from each other. Um, and we'll talk about what how community or lack of community plays into this conversation later. But, but even conversations around masks and vaccine have been incredibly politicized in our American culture. And so it's very divisive. Um, and so even in that... Um, fear like lack of understanding sometimes for people or just um yeah it's just been divisive and so that's further separated us and caused more anxiety and more worry and more fear Mm -hmm. i think around even what's happening that leads that causes impact or has impact on our mental health yeah and part of that is i feel like that feeds into one of the second things we want to talk about Mm -hmm. is just the role media plays in our culture right now the role media works as a tool of information but also manipulation among people and so because the division is so radical across every pretty much like we just had the the written house that's his last name right i said that right Kyle the kind Rand house yeah. that like jury came out and like it's split like there are people who drastically mm-hmm. disagree on the, the verdict of that and some are really passionate one way and some are and so in the midst of all of this division racial uh, ma- mm-hmm. vaccines masks uh, social injustice just there's so much that in the midst of that media is working uh, mm-hmm. to instill even more fear mm-hmm. and to sell articles and mm-hmm. magazines and newspapers and views and all of I often like us to recognize that when media is working, you are the product, not the thing that's being sold to. So mm, yeah. th- your view, your attention, your your span, your time is what they're trying to buy, not what they're trying to sell you to. Mm-hmm. So they want to grasp everything that you, you have in your time, attention, all those different things by catchy articles and mm-hmm. good headlines and any kind of snippet of truth that they can work with on both sides mm-hmm. in order to drive us even farther farther in division. And so we open up our what is supposed to be informative, like our news sources, they're supposed to teach us and help us, and they're actually increasing our mental health anxiety, mm-hmm. the, our, our mental health concerns. They're giving us more anxiety. They're pushing us into de- de farther bouts of depression and such because we don't know what's true. We don't yeah. know what to trust. Yeah. We don't know yeah. even the things that we do trust yeah. push us against people who might stand shoulder to shoulder us and that can maybe yeah. help us. Yeah. And so, yeah, th- this whole media craze and it's- yeah, it moved from being sources of truth at one time to being those sources of information to now mm-hmm. the foundation is how do I get more monies or, or more views, more clicks to get more money. Mm-hmm. And in that the people have 
hurt. We yeah. as people have been hurt because we are no longer the priority. Well, and we're in the midst of this worldwide <clears throat> pandemic trying to figure out what's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's this anxiety thinking, I don't even know what's true anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't know like I, who I can trust. I don't know what I can read. I don't know who I can talk to. Like I can't even get clarity in the midst of something that's going on right now. Yeah. Oof, that's tough. It's hard. What's another one that we can keep walking out? Social media. Super fun. This is, I, I mean, you could argue one of the biggest culprits. <laughs> um, and for a lot of different reasons, <clears throat> mood modifying is one as you, you could wake up in a day. And I know this happened for me I, it, so much to the point where I have had to, and we'll talk a little bit about this later, that I've had to actually get rid of my phone from the bedroom because the first thing I'm going to do usually or has been, I'm going to go to Twitter. I'm going to go to Facebook and it's going to be things like I could wake up like being in a good mood. I got a good night of sleep. And all of a sudden as I'm scrolling, what if I, as my inputs are negative stories, like negative comments, um, whatever that, whatever it is. And usually, cause usually that's what social media tends mm-hmm. to be filled. It's divisiveness, not necessarily mm-hmm. encouragement and, up, and being uplifting. It changes how I feel even in a moment. It mm-hmm. doesn't take that long. And so our inputs give us, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. No. Uh, our inputs allow us to think on such things, and most of those things from social media are negative. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of those things is just the idea of comparison, yeah. that even if your news feed isn't filled with articles or different things or negative in, in inputs, there can be you wake up in the morning and you're excited for the day ahead, but you now all of a sudden start looking at someone else's post that they're on this trip or they're doing this thing or they're doing your dream job and mm-hmm. your mind goes to comparison and it's this idea of FOMO. So like now the day that's ahead of you, that just a normal day isn't this exciting, elaborate, uh, elegant thing, life that that person's pursuing. And you get in this negative feedback loop of it's, okay, I'm comparing myself and I know I shouldn't compare myself, but mm-hmm. I keep scrolling and then I see another post and that, and I get even sadder or I get even more entrenched. And now I just, I want to get through clicking the, I don't know what you guys, but like clicking the stories, I just got to get rid of them <laughs> or like making sure I get to the bottom of the Instagram thing. So it says you've caught up or whatever. And like, <laughs> In that, it just becomes this negative feedback of everything I'm feeding myself. All my inputs are leading me down an even more unhealthy mm-hmm. path. Or when it comes to comparison, like, let's talk about unrealistic expectations. Yeah. How does that play into mental health? Yeah. I mean, people joke about the, you know, the Instagram model pose of looks nothing like the real person in life. Um, but if that's consistently what we're seeing is this unrealistic expectation of how we look or how life's supposed to be or whatever it may be, um, that sets up within us a discontent for where we are or who we are um, that leads and plays into mental health issues of whether that's insecurity or, um, you know, wanting something that you don't have and just being discontent with life. Like that puts us in a place of anxiety and and even depression Mm. at times as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, It becomes an easy comparison becomes an easy way for us to honestly become ungrateful Yeah, because you just are so focused on other and not mm-hmm. what is happening with you. Yeah. yeah. No. What's what's the saying? It's like social media is us comparing our normal lives to everybody's highlight reel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, oof. <clears throat> it just becomes, yeah, it's you get yeah. to see the best parts of everybody's life and you get these real expectations of that's what it's supposed to be like. But yet here I am at my eight to five yeah. sitting at this desk, not really enjoying my job. But I see you out there doing mm-hmm. that thing, living up the life. What are the good parts about social media, though? Like one thing I hear, I hear, I hear people say is like, "Well, I got all these followers. Mm-hmm. I got all these people who are supporting me, who love me and care mm-hmm. for me." 
What I will say that I got connections with people. Like yeah. I can see what's yeah. happening in the lives of those that I was friends with ten years like, ago, or my family members who I get to see once a year. Yeah, I, get I don't to see yeah. what's going on in their life. I don't get to talk to them very much, and so what does that do? Anything? Does that play good, bad mental health? I still think it comes down to what is your motive behind what? What do you use social media for? Hmm. I think really that I think that's a big deal. What do you use social media for? Because a lot of people use it um, for escape. A lot of people use it. Uh, as a distraction, a lot of people use it to get identity and purpose from. It's that like needing the like from social media and not caring really about what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. And and some and there's people who I know like, hey, it, it was awesome to see pictures of friends who I, you know my best friend from college. It's like yeah, they could have sent me that in a text, but also it's like when I've had social media it was to be able to see what's going on mm-hmm. in their life was really cool mm-hmm. like yeah. i forgot they had three kids holy crap mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's amazing that's incredible but do you think that yeah. draws you back to this idea of an inauthentic community or like if i'm virtual... if i'm if i'm allowing social media to become my community yeah. if i don't have yeah. community in person yes it could mm-hmm. again it's what am i using it for so what do you think that looks like in the lives of our people what does it look like to pursue like authentic community versus what social media is promising you as a community oh yeah well mm-hmm. what social media promises you is connection which isn't community mm-hmm. uh what you're missing out on is the reality of in-depth like relationship of yeah. those moments to be vulnerable and honest to process with people mm-hmm. some people have i mean i, I don't know if you've noticed this, there is a move on social media to where people are becoming more vulnerable about their weaknesses and oh, they, for sure but what happens mm-hmm. then in that is they're assuming that that's processing and all they're doing is we literally read this this morning. Like we talked about this. It's they're feeling the pain of what's happening in their life, but ultimately they aren't processing it because mm-hmm. it's not enough to process by reading through a comment. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys have had this, but I've gotten text messages and sent text messages where you could interpret in a lot of different oh, ways yeah. based off of a miscalculation of a punctuation yeah. mm-hmm. or whatever. And so it's just, it's not real community because there's not depth of relationship that's really happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so it promises connection, but it's so... Mm-hmm. It's not real connection. Yeah. It's yeah. not real community. Yeah. Like what you're missing out on is we were created to be in relationship and social media does offer fake relationship. Mm. Yeah. And part of what happens as we get more connected and spend more time on social media is that we tend to have a lack of social interaction of that personal like one-on-one face-to-face. So instead of when we stand in line at a restaurant, instead of maybe talking or engaging with someone with us or on our phone or in class, you know, those five minutes before class when you're waiting for it to actually start, everybody's scrolling on their phone or on their computer instead of sitting and having conversations. And there's so many other examples of that, of that we make that our norm and we substitute real, authentic, in-person social interactions and that leads to that relational um, stipling of, of depth mm-hmm. in relationship. Well... What is a two-minute, and I'm playing skeptic here, what does a two-minute conversation in line with a stranger do except bring awkwardness? <laughs> like, why do I need to have a, con- you know, like, yeah. why, why do I need to talk to the person in class who I'm not really friends with? Mm-hmm. I don't really care how your weekend was. Like, wh- why, why do I need to have this conversation? <laughs> I could just continue to scroll or pull out my phone, and the time will pass quicker. Like, it won't be awkward. You're like, why? Why would we mm-hmm. push people towards these social interactions because uh, here here's my take on this i this is honestly a really good question we don't know how to have we don't know how to have relationships mm. we don't know mm. how to have conversations there are too many people that i know who i love that are in marriages and they didn't know how to be friends and have conversations and all of a sudden they had kids and now the kids go to school and it's just them two together and they don't know how to talk to each other mm-hmm. so what that does is hey i can actually have a conversation with someone whether i know them or not mm-hmm. but to be able and it's not just to learn how to have small talk well so you can have a great marriage it's <laughs> we're missing potential opportunities too in yeah. those moments 
to maybe bring joy, to bring encouragement to someone's life, but also it's, I think we numb ourselves. <laughs> I think we do. Uh, there, we numb ourselves in attaching ourselves to phone, social media, whatever it may be, and we miss the world around us. But that's easy for you to say because you're an extrovert. So you can stand in line and like you get energy from being with people. Like what if I'm just not hardwired that way? Yeah. What if for me to stand in line and or to, to get into that conversation with the stranger or to engage someone in the church foyer, or foyer instead of just coming in or coming out? Like we want to get really real. Like what does it look like to really try and have a conversation and engage with people instead of going back to technology or back? Mm-hmm. like As an introvert, I think you, you guys should answer this <laughs> I'm not an introvert. <laughs> I'm an introvert. Help us out. No, I. that is such a wonderful question. And as someone who identifies as an introvert and as someone who also struggles with social anxiety, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of effort for me to engage in those scenarios. But I find that I always leave them when I have pushed in and had a conversation with one, someone feeling more energized and more um, just engaged and better as like it's a natural human process. And even mm. though it's hard, even though it's awkward – like it still is fulfilling to engage in that. And so sometimes as introverts, we can just count ourselves out and give ourselves a shortcut out instead of trying and pushing and doing hard things. So like even introverts, and this is what I feel like I constantly need to be reminded of, like even introverts have the same desires and needs and they're Mm -hmm. they're secreted with the purpose of community. Just might be a little harder for them to get there. Yeah. And we could get in how we misuse the words introvert and extrovert. That's a totally different conversation. (laughs) But the next question becomes the scenario. Okay. You're at, you're hanging out with a group of friends. Uh, There's like a lull. You're in between activities. Mm -hmm. Like you went to a movie, you went to dinner and now you're going to go to a movie or like you're, you're playing a board game, but the game just ended. And now everybody's pulled out their phone and you're all sitting in the same room. Yeah. But really, you're not in the same room. <laughs> what, what does that do to mental health? Like, what is that social media, phone? Like, I'm texting my friend who lives in California when I'm sitting in a room with people that I'm not even talking. Like, what does that do to all of this whole mess? I think it shows a lot, lack of deep relationship again. Um, that either you don't desire it or you're too uncomfortable to try for it. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of, Yeah. It could be easier to all sit on your phone, but what does it look like to not and to have another conversation or engage or share what you're looking at on your phone? Like I have friends where sometimes Mm. we'll just sit and watch videos together on our phones, which is like fun, but we're still engaging with each other, Mm. you know? So I think sometimes we've gotten to a point where that's our default. That's just what we do instead of stopping and thinking, how can I actually engage with the people around me and push into not even necessarily hard conversations all the time, but just conversation. That's so good. And I think that's a key part to recognize is that we're not stressing that every single time you get with your friends to get an app, app, Applebee's appetizers that you need to like <laughs> break down in tears right. and yeah. confess sin and get to this yeah. like huge, deep conversation. Like if you get to like some kind of awesome topic and conversation, great. But there's mm-hmm. also times you just need to connect with people, have fun, laugh yeah. and enjoy each other's company. And the, the the idea of relational depth, like mm-hmm. some, a big piece of relational depth or like marriage is that middle ground of yeah. like just being able to interact and have small conversations mm-hmm. and laugh and, and enjoy the, the just presence of people. Yeah. But and you it, never get to the depth that the depth, we depth. are called to, like depth to without yeah. those moments. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like really, because yeah. all of a sudden then relationships become superficial. Mm-hmm. Like they become even transactional. 
yeah. to a degree and it's mm-hmm. not real relationship mm-hmm. and we should know that more now than ever before yeah. you know after isolation like part of me was like oh man i'd love to just talk to someone at the grocery store <laughs> right now or like i'd love to have a group of friends sit in a room with mm-hmm. no worries or expectations and just be able to just chat yeah. and laugh and sit around a dinner table mm-hmm. like i didn't I, I craved like the deep stuff too but part of me just craved the the middle ground mm-hmm. stuff yeah. the stuff i long so bad but then we get back into the real world and we're instantly snapping it back out because we took our phone out and we got another notification to check mm. yeah what about escapism so this one I feel like is huge, mm-hmm. that I get anxious, I get overwhelmed, I feel sad, I'm struggling with depression, and then we sub in escapism. What's that mean? What's that look like? Let's, let's, let's feel these. Anything that you can do to get away from the real world, world and what's happening in your life. It's, it's you're finding, in my, my understanding of it, comfortability, safety, and security in being able to not have to think about reality. Hmm. And so it's my phone allows me to do that. Social mm-hmm. media allows me to do that. Daydreaming mm-hmm. does that. Like that is a, a form of escapism. And unfortunately what's happened because I think just the way our world operates, escape, but escapism has become a form of a coping mechanism yeah. to not have to deal with, hey, what, what is really going on? So then mm-hmm. I can push down feelings. I can push down what's going on. I can push down anxiety. I can push down where I can push down lack of joy. I don't have to think. I don't have to process. I don't have to have hard conversation. I can mm-hmm. escape. And then I, which allows me to forget and then I can move on. And then what happens again, well, I'll just escape again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause it becomes a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. That I understand we've all been there after a long day or like you do something and you just need a break and you need five, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. You got to watch an episode of The Office. Like, I don't, I've been there. We've all been mm-hmm. there. It What's becomes, The Office? Uh, <laughs> sorry. But it becomes when that's your pattern and your mm-hmm. habit that yeah. every day you come home, this is what you binge. Yeah. Every yeah. time you feel those feelings, you yeah. open your phone. You've allowed your Sabbath and your day off mm-hmm. to be yeah. escapism. Mm-hmm. And but, escapism is addicting. Oh, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. That's the pattern. Because it's yeah. easy. Because, yeah. And it feels a lot better. Well, and <laughs> speak about negative feedbacks that I'm starting to feel anxious and I go mm-hmm. to my phone and now I see comparison and I see mm-hmm. that person who I continuously see their life looks perfect and I bet they're not anxious and I bet they're not struggling with the things I, and their life is perfect. Mm-hmm. And so I've went to my phone to get to numb and to escape only to find this more. feedback loop yeah. of more anxiety yeah. and more mm-hmm. hurt. This is the last thing we kind of want to touch on for phones and then we'll, we'll finish with some other stuff. But what does sleep have to do with it now? <laughs> Are we a, a people, for the most part, let's let's generalize here, which I know isn't always good, that are sleeping okay? No. Or is phones or social media playing a role in that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No yes. to the first question, yes to the second question. No, yes. Gotcha. <laughs> we are not a people who sleep well. This is actually, I just thought of this. So I started using this sleep tracking app mm. thing just because, I, I don't know, but I started using it. Yeah. And it like gives a weekly report of like my scores or rating or whatever. And I'm consistently in a higher rating than most of Americans. And I don't, I'm like 78, 80%. Hmm. So like that says a lot to me. I think that most of Americans, we sleep in the less than 80% of like efficiency and like whatever. But, um, and that has a mental, uh, (laughs) that has an impact on our mental health that, when we don't sleep well, when our bodies don't have that time and space, our minds don't have that time and space to 
rest. And a lot happens when you sleep. Like your body heals itself. Mm-hmm. It grows. It does all these things. When you're not getting the proper amount of time for that, your body suffers. And then your mental health suffers as well. Yeah, like what was what was the last command you gave to our leadership team last night, Ben? Yeah, take, a <laughs> take a nap. Take a nap. Especially, I mean, the, our college demographic, yeah. the people who mm-hmm. are in school, pushing through finals, doing the, doing the college life right now, it's mm-hmm. like trendy to not get sleep. Yeah, I hate that. It's, <laughs> it's like popular. Like, Is oh, it yeah. really? Yeah, I well, stayed up all night. Yeah, I'm I slept all- in 48 hours. Yeah, and, like, all right, and then I would, I would ask, are you in? Are you in on speed? Like, that's what I would ask. Speed? What is this guy? It's <laughs> old. I know, I know, but I haven't heard is. someone say speed. That's what time. they're the same thing. I know, but it's I funny. Know. How dare you? It's not funny. Meth is not funny. Drugs are. We're bad. on it. But drugs are bad. <laughs> sorry, sorry. South Dakota. We're yeah, on. You it. guys get it. You guys get it. That was good. Oh, they do. But yeah, people are like, yeah, I was up to like four last night on TikTok, and it's like, why? I don't know. It's just my habit. That's a terrible habit. You got to break that. Mm -hmm. But exactly. And then the blue light, if you guys have looked at the studies of that, like your phone and and Netflix and what you're doing right before you go to bed is affecting how you're able to sleep. It's like rewiring your brain or something crazy like that. And then when you wake up, like Ben was talking about, when you wake up and the first thing you grab Mm -hmm. is for your phone because it's your alarm. But then I got into this habit and sometimes I still struggle with it where I need the blue light to, like, burn my eyes so that they don't close back. You know what I mean? Like, when I roll over, you guys... Your eyes at, are so tired. That they're so tired. Yeah, I'm just exactly like, if I mean. just turn the alarm off, it's hard. For, it's It can be sometimes really hard. But if I grab my phone and I start to scroll, even if I'm not even paying attention to what I'm scrolling, the blue light in my eyes yeah. helps me wake up. Because Man. it's, it's like, it's part of my cognitive like development now <laughs> that my my mind wakes up to blue light mm-hmm. and so I'm, I'm having to rewire all of that but that's affecting how we start our days mm-hmm. that our first thoughts aren't towards god aren't towards graciousness that we woke up and we have breath and life like if we did that if your first thoughts when you woke up were i'm gonna sit in psalm 23 like i'm gonna work yeah. through mm-hmm. some scripture memory i'm gonna give thanks to god for breath today like that changes rather than I'm just going to scroll Instagram. Well, I'm, I'm going to watch TikTok videos. I'm yeah. going to read the news. And we wonder why we can't rest. Hmm. We wonder yeah. why like it is a burden to to pursue devotion with Jesus because we've trained ourselves to be stimulated all the mm-hmm. time when we're awake. So and the stim like that's what, like psychologists literally recommend to their patients and psychiatrists recommend to their yep. patients one to two hours of wind down time before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. One to two of no stimulation. Like finding an activity that does not stimulate your mind, which we don't know how to do mm-hmm. because all we've done is created ourselves and yeah, force ourselves to be stimulated. There's other social studies and, and psychiatrists that are talking about 24-hour dopamine like oh, breaks. Like like free, like, like yeah. you're wow. free of wow. anything in your mind that would yeah. trigger like a hit of dopamine, mm-hmm. like getting an Instagram like right. or liking someone else's picture or getting a, an update on your feed or like checking mm-hmm. a notification. All of those little dopamine hits are giving us this higher level. Yeah. And then when we sit to try to read, read the word, we're like, oh, this is boring. Yeah. Like to sit in silence with God, it's like, ew, this is really, really hard. But you've been trained to constantly need these small little dopamine hits so that, yeah. From social media. Because you can get a dopamine hit from yeah, good sorry, food. Sorry. From, That's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, like, you, yeah. can't, you can't cut out, like, <laughs> you can't, like, you can't do like, nothing. Not like, be yeah. not, like, do nothing. Just, like, on the floor. But they'll, yeah, do, like, like, the ceiling. Yeah. they'll do beyond social media. They'll do, yeah, like, for sure, there's things. Like, like TV. They'll t- mm-hmm. they even talk about, like, sometimes it's, like, books. Like, really, people who take it super creative, mm-hmm. like, strictly will say anything that I can cut out that will give me dopamine. I don't want it because I mm. want to feel, it's weird, but I want to feel the fast so that I'm better off for the rest mm. of the week. Yeah. To not be, yeah, reliant on it. 
I want to go back to something you said, though. It's because you said you don't feel like we can take a break. We don't feel like we can take a step, like like we can't rest. Part of that is the cultural and social expectations that Mm -hmm. society's put on us or we put on ourselves. What role does that play as we move away from social media conversation and mental health? Just as far as expectations in general, yeah. Like, well, it's yeah, like you. I all we've be been this, trained to. This. Well, all we've been told, whether it's through advertising, social media, parents, what we've seen from our parents, what we've seen from those older than us, is American dream. You got to go to college. You got to have a good job. And it's this idea of, I mean, capitalism plays a mm-hmm. part in that. Consumerism plays a part in that. And so you are have you have expectations put on you that are overwhelming and overbearing. So all all of a sudden it's and it's getting earlier and earlier. It's when I was in high school, dual credits weren't a thing. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get into co- like you weren't going to college with, ha- with two years of credits done. Like that wasn't a thing. F- I mean, I just wasn't paying out that terrible. <laughs> that, that absurd, but I don't think that was legitimately a thing. Now you can get ahead. Yeah. You mean two years? You, I mean, it's it's insane because the expectations of what you need to do and what your life is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. It's it's the hustle and hurry of what the of what life and expectations have been put on us, and it's unhealthy. So we don't know how to rest from it. Yeah, it's so hard when it's the American dream yeah. or like the ideal career right. or like what you're supposed to, to to achieve by this age or mm-hmm. that age. Like right. yeah. Most people have this idea, even if it's intrinsic, like they put it on themselves, that I'm going to be married at 25, have a kid by 30, own a home, have the perfect job, my 401k is going to be set, like my lawn's going to look good. Like mm-hmm. we start to put some of that on us even earlier and earlier and these become weights that we yeah. carry. Like they're things that we feel like the burden of yeah. as we're trying to just do what we need to do in a day. Just so, like children don't know how to be kids. Mm-hmm. Like, adults I, don't know how to be adults. Dude, that's fair. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but that's just real. Mm-hmm. It's super real. It's like just enjoy life. Yeah, and, and I see this play out in dating, weirdly enough. Okay. That people put so much expectation on what dating, or like especially in the Christian community, that we date for the purpose of marriage, which is good. Congrats, you got that. But if you put so much pressure and expectation on it that the first date eventually oh, has to mm, lead, and like now right. you're weird. Yes. And now you're like, <laughs> like we, need, yep. we get anxious and we get worried about we're three dates in and is this mm-hmm. person I need to marry? Am I supposed to have this conversation? At what point do we talk about marriage? That's yeah, why I'm yeah. into this. Like, well, how about you just, like, if the date is to get together just to get to know someone better, just let that be it. Dates are I mean, already like pressure filled. Like take off the expectation of marriage in the first month like yeah. you don't need to think yes. that far into the future like go as fast as know you know your can, priorities but as slow as you yes. must like ben mm-hmm. stewart says but yeah it's it's so so funny but i, I get it I, i've yeah. been there i feel that what what do you guys think we got well, just a couple left but what do you think as a as a culture the impact of how much we talk about mental health mm. what's that done is that all good like the fact that it's finally being talked about, or is there some negative lingerings in the fact that it's constantly on people's minds? Yeah, there's some real good and also some bad, some side effects that come from it. Some of the good is that we're removing a stigma around mental health, that we're finally allowing ourselves and opening up the dialogue um, around real struggles, around dealing with emotions, around um, just mental health in general. And that's helping people. That's, um, making it easier for people to ask for help, to get help. Um, and that, that normalization is a good thing. It's mm. helping us. Um, but at the same time, it also has some bad effects that as it continues to be like a normal part of conversation in our culture, 
that it almost becomes self-fulfilling, um, that as we're consumed by this, like it can easy, well, everybody else is anxious, so now I'm going to fall into that, or mm-hmm. I'm also going to be anxious, or um, it can, yeah, that contagiousness of it, and not that, like, not to diminish anyone's yeah. no, mental no, correct, health sure, issues, but when that's a lot of what you're seeing and a lot of what you're being fed, it can be easy to be sucked into that, even to the extent of making your own anxiety worse. I just, I just think of like a statement that could be like a headline, like, or like that could mm-hmm. be someone, some, someone says like all mental, all high schoolers struggle with mental health oh, yeah. and you're sitting on the end of, other end of that and you're high school and you're like, well, I don't know if I do, mm-hmm. but like, mm-hmm. if you hear that enough, it's like, maybe I do. Something's in there. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe, I, maybe I'm weird. I'm wrong for not feeling like that. Like, am I behind? Am I not doing mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be doing? I'm not worried enough. Am I not stressed enough? Am I enough? not self-aware enough? Yeah. yeah like those sudden, kind of yeah. things. So, or, or the idea of... <laughs> For me, I'm I'm weird when it comes to like stomach That's true. stuff. That's yeah, true. That is true. <laughs> but I'm weird when it comes to stomach stuff. If one of you were to tell me, like Ben just told me earlier, and I guess you have a bunch of stomach problems, so I don't worry as much about you. But like if Jana was like, "Oh man, I don't I don't feel good." Like selfishly in me, I promise you, if I think about it enough, I will start to not feel good. Like my st- I don't know, like when my wife she'll come home and be like, "Oh, my stomach's just off." In an hour, ask me. I promise you my stomach will not feel okay. And it's just like, I don't know if it's, I want to believe it's empathy. I probably believe it's more selfish than that. But part of me like goes into what the people around me feel. And so I wonder if we're constantly in conversations. And I I say that purposely, like constantly in conversations about mental health. If those who aren't struggling, when they hear about it constantly, if they start to even go in that way, like they start to take on some of the characteristics of the people who they're around, that you're a friend who's doing really well with your mental health in a, in a group of friends that's doing really poorly, how does that impact you? Like, are you able to stand strong and to, to continue to renew your mind? Or do you start to slip into some patterns and habits of the people around you where they continue to do negative mm-hmm. feedback loops? Yeah. And so. there's also this trend a little bit of almost romanticizing mental health issues. Huh. Um like I see it on TikTok a lot of just like real, you know, like quirky, like, ah, oh, it's just my depression, you know, peace sign mm-hmm. thrown up, you know, of like chill, things like that. And and that could be a negative pattern of, oh, we just all are dealing this. It's just so normalized that then we don't seek help. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can, I think, be a negative side of it too, or yeah. we romanticize it or, you know, glorify it almost to some extent. Last one. Let's talk about Jesus. Oh, man. What role does Jesus <laughs> is... Hey, let me ask this really aggressively. Is he not helping right now? Is he farther away? I don't. Is, yeah. Is God less active and present now in people's minds than he was yeah. in in past? People are less active in pursuing God. Mm-hmm. People are less active in pursuing Jesus. Even with the whole like Abby has said in my mind, Abby has said this really well. Um, she thinks Abby, your wife, my wife. Sorry, who's a PA? She, uh, Ab, love you. I'll be home soon. Shout out. Uh, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Number one fan. Uh, she believes that there's an increase in mental health uh, diagnosis because there's an increase in awareness, which is really mm-hmm. great. The stigma is being gone, but also it is that idea of what we talk about, the self-fulfilling thing. And in that is like, I've even wrestled with like, how, why can't we do like all the things? If I'm anxious, if I'm feeling anxious and it's consistent and it's becoming a pattern and it's like, why can't I pursue Jesus and go to the doctor? Why can't I pursue counseling from a, a trained Christian counselor or a trained psychologist who went to schools, like really like knows mm-hmm. what they're talking, is going to be able to ask me questions that I can't think of because I wasn't trained in it mm-hmm. and also be praying. Like, and you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And just different, like, 
that's what I think is not happening mm. is we're, we're pursuing one route mm-hmm. instead of all the routes. Yeah. And for some people, and this, I don't want to say this wrong, or I don't want it to be misconstrued for some people. It is as much as just a, like, you know, go to the doctor, pursue mm-hmm. Jesus. Well, maybe it's just like, Hey, you just need to let go of some stuff. Mm. And for mm-hmm. others, like my wife, it is a not, she needs medication and she still needs Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That's just the reality of it. And mm-hmm. so it's, I think people are pursuing him less mm-hmm. in the midst of it, yeah. and especially when it comes to anxiety or mental health. Is but it's like, how can we just let's let let's not just shoot off one thing? It's yeah. not a Jesus can fix all the issues thing for for some people, but it's also not just that we'll just go to the doctor and that'll mm-hmm. be enough. Like Jesus yeah. doesn't have anything to yes. say about it. Yes, yeah. yeah. And when you look at our culture as a whole, we're a post-Christian oh, culture. Oh, very. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at seeing this rise in culture in yeah, general, that's good. Part of that is. A lot of people in our culture don't believe in Jesus, yes. don't go to church, aren't in Christian community, yep. and they don't have the peace, the hope, the truth of Jesus. I'm fairly certain. And that's certain, significant. That's good. I'm fairly certain outside of Australia, the North American continent is the least Christian continent. Hmm. Even sense. Europe has more Christians I, than we yeah, do. I think oh, I heard Asia that has, based off of population, yeah. Yeah. but Asia has more Christians than America. I, I think I read it like Africa has like over 600 million. America, or North America, has like 270 million. Mm. Mm. That's real. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, other countries are coming to us to correct. do missions. Correct. Because we, yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, correct. So, yeah, it becomes it's crazy. God is our source of peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's our source of hope. He's our source of truth. Yeah. Like, He is these things. We got to stay connected to Him. Mm-hmm. And if we don't, if we disconnect from the source, we're going to struggle with, with what we need. We are not going to have the pieces, the aspects, the, the infilling of what we need. So, mm-hmm. we got to get back to it. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to add here at the end? Don't trade authentic in like real life community for virtual community. Mm-hmm. Do not be dis- disconnected from the people and the followers of Jesus yeah. around you. Mm-hmm. Like stay connected. Mm-hmm. And, and if it, it, it yeah. takes a long time to, to build those relationships, then that's okay. Take the time, be intentional with it. That's yeah. good. Sweet. I would say. Oh, oh, oh yeah. 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 Let's get it. One more. Let's go. Don't be afraid to ask for help. That's so good. Whether that's, that's from a pastor, a Christian friend, a counselor, yeah. or a doctor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ask for help. Really yeah. good. Sweet. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you learned something. I hope it can help you in, in your walk with mental health or you walk alongside someone you love and care for because that's really the hope of what we do. As we pursue Jesus, we're helping ourselves and we're helping the others around us. So we love you guys. Peace out. Peace out.